Hello and welcome to Steel Blade Showtime. I am your host, Brandon. I'm here with my co-host, Derek. Derek, how are we doing this week? We're doing pretty okay, pretty okay. I uh, had a great time uh, down at the RTN. Uh, down at the uh, From the Ashes. Uh, other than that, we're simply vibing. How about yourself? I'm definitely vibing here. Uh, me, you, our uh, executive director of marketing and unofficial official mascot, Jason, went along with us yesterday. Carpooled down there, had a good time. Jason just was on the bubble. He got 10th. I was almost in last. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not too... Ugh, we'll talk about it. All my games were close, so I'm, I'm obviously I wasn't upset at all day. Um, I ran a unknown contest that nobody knew about, but I got. We'll talk about that. But first, I want to talk about the Banish Zone. Derek, you ever looking for uh, cards for your game? You're always looking for cards. What am I? Asking Boy, howdy! You for... I'm a gremlin. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about this new. A website called thebanishstone.com. Thebanishstone.com is your place to order singles that you need. They have Pokemon, they have Yu-Gi-Oh, they have Flesh and Blood. Anything else you're thinking of? Need? I, I believe they've got some My Hero Academia. Yep, and some Magic. And I also hear, I don't know if it's going to be singles, but they will have some Grand Archive. But you go in. You go to www.thebanishzone.com. It's not up right now. They will be up and ready for business on June 24th. Uh, go there. They will have all your gaming needs, not just TCGs, but also tabletop cards. Uh, not card games. Wow. My mind's always on cards because that's all I play. <laughs> I got cards surrounding me. I'm just a card gremlin as well. They have tabletop games as well as accessories. and. Derek, do you like money? I I feel like that's a trick question, but yes, I do like money. All right, because... Quite often, I like it. That's because you like having money to spend that money on cards, right? Sure do. Well, not only do they have a website, they have a brick-and-mortar store that, as well as the website launching on the 24th, they will be having their store open on the 24th and you know what for a measly $30 you can be in the fab 1k tournament that's cc how's that sound get a chance to win some money and play one of the greatest card games there is that sounds phenomenal and you know what else could be sound uh, phenomenal you ever want to uh, meet us and hunt us for sport because you sure can you ever been hunted for sport before brandon <laughs> No, I have not, but I read a book about it. Because also, while some of the uh, details are yet unknown, uh, we are going to be bounties. Uh, if you get paired up against us and you win, there will be a prize. Prize, I believe, is to be decided. Uh, but come down. Get randomly matched against us in gem, which you know you better hope there's not a an uneven number because I I will get a buy, can almost guarantee it. But hunt us for fort, 
get some stuff. There will also be tons of door prizes. One of which we actually sent in, which is a Crown of Seeds playmat that is a Star City game exclusive to a bundle they did last year. So while we're saying goodbye to old him, come along, come down, and maybe you can get the Crown of Seeds playmat, as well as some other awesome things. I know there is a, I think it's Breaking Scales Cold Foil as well. I believe so. And that is just a door prize. Yes. A, an Alpha Welcome to Wrath Cold Foil door prize. These, these guys are going insane. I could not believe that when I heard it. I know. I'm, I'm going to pull it up real quick here to see what the uh, other door prize is in. Oh my god. And... The, oh, we can't. We'll talk about that when it gets closer to time. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Way right. ahead. Um, you couldn't tell. So, very excited. Yes, very. Um, top eight prizing is first place gets forty percent of entry fees, which is a minimum of a four hundred. Second place gets twenty, which is a minimum of two hundred. Third and fourth get a minimum one hundred, and fifth through eighth get minimum fifty. So if you get eighth, you get fifth through eighth. You get your money back as well as an extra twenty bucks, which I believe, which is in store credit. But hey. You're getting store any uh, you could save that up for maybe dust till dawn or maybe the next set after that or maybe there's some other stuff in there you want but hey you'll get fifth through eighth you got not only your thirty dollars that you put in back in store credit but also an extra twenty on top of that so you're just leaving with goodies um there's a crowd of providence playmat in there as well as uh, sealed fab product based on attendance as well. As possible other door prizes, because I'm looking into a few more things. Um, this if you're now you're probably asking yourself, where is this located? Well, if you go to thebanishzone.com, scroll all the way to the bottom, we got the store information right here, which is tells you it is located in Wernersville, PA. So, June 24th, we hope to see you there. As Derek said, we are bounties. Um. We got asked this week, and obviously we're just like, yeah. Do we know what decks we're playing? No. So <laughs> there is a, a a good, but we're unsure uh, about the the odds because Nigel's still deciding. Uh, as some of you may remember, uh, Nigel has the right from winning our first giveaway to choose what decks we play for a one k. And wouldn't you know it, the Banished Zone grand opening is a 1k. So we might not even know what decks we're running. Nope. So good luck preparing to hunt us. <laughs> I told him to make Derek play a brute. Because I was like, he'll have fun, but his brain will hurt in the end. That's exactly right. <laughs> and I, I might be working with Nigel to make something uh, fancy fresh. I'm kind of hoping Nigel goes, you know what? You play your Riptide. You know, it's people. A super fun Riptide deck. It is, but we'll get we'll get into that. We'll start to talk. It. We'll talk. How you know? Obviously, we don't want to like take too much time talking about our games here. But how did you do at the um RTN there? I, I had a blast. Um, I went into it like like I mentioned last week. Uh, I was expecting like, all right, I'm gonna run Mechanoid Dash. It's gonna be great. Well, Friday night, I I had a uh, change of heart, and surprise, surprise, I ran Arachne. 
who would have guessed it? Uh, and then I had a great first two matches. Uh, first off, I went in, up against an Azuri. That was wildly close. Uh, at the end, I was down to, I think it was five or six life. And my opponent was on 17, but only had three cards left in the deck when time was called. Uh, so they were they were kind enough to concede because they had no way to win the game from there. Uh, my next match was against Nigel on Lexi. Uh, relatively same thing that played out. I weathered the storm through a contract where I could and brought him down to I think Nigel might have had it like 20 or so life. Uh, I was also on my last rope but Nigel had like four or five cards left in deck. So conceded at time. Uh, and, and then I hit my rough patch. Uh, those first two matches, the pressure was on because I was sitting at uh, seat one. Then I ran into back-to-back uh, Dromai and Phi, who both made it into top eight. Uh, man, that Phi list was so fun. Like both, all of my matches were in an insanely good time. Uh, I, I was actually able to last against the Dromai. This was the best match I've played against Dromai. Like, I, I am learning the ropes. It is still unbelievably, like, at best, a 5-10% to 10 chance of Arachne winning. <laughs> uh, but I, I was able to... Uh, I believe I had Dromai at 8. But then I, I drew up my last hand of three cards. And, uh, Brent, did I, did I tell you what these three cards were? Yeah, I saw them. Right, right. Uh, so my last three cards, I had Plague Hive, of course, uh, Pummel, and Pummel. <laughs> and Dromai was also at, like, the tail end of the fatigue, but... They had seven cards left in deck, and you know what? Once I drew up and went right, that's what I have left. Uh, Sounds like I, a pitch I stacking down, problem. Conceded, you know what was that? Sounds like a pitch stacking problem. It it was, and and also a bit of a sideboarding issue. I didn't consider the fact that I wasn't going to be swinging my sixes, like my two costs, to peel out the pummels. I I should have gotten rid of those and boarded in some other things, um, but you know. You, you learn your lessons. I don't usually put too much thought into my Dromai matches because I just lose. <laughs> it just happens. You know, like I said, I think it's a pitch stocking problem because uh, if you had Pummel, if you would have drawn uh, Plague High Pummel Pummel, if you would have drew Pummel Plague High Pummel, I think you might have had a chance. Entirely possible. Uh, I, I think part of the issue is... I need to be able to actually land surgicals. Because um, that's, in that matchup, surgicals the only thing I'm going to be trying to target with the pummels. Because if I can get the moment to throw, you know, effectively seven at face, uh, it's great. The only other thing that can really set me ahead is if I happen to have a shred when they block with Furnace, which, uh, unfortunately, I did not. You know, 
uh, didn't line up that time. Because if I can rob them of the, the furnace ash generation, uh, that's huge, huge tempo swing. They oh, oh, pulled sorry. so much, so much ash and resources out of that furnace. Uh, that alone would have done so much. And it would have made the... Uh, one of my favorite things, like the only kind of upside we have as assassins into Dromai is the Kyloria text that rarely ever comes up. Because like 90% of other heroes read Kyloria's text as, if this hits, draw a card. Mm -hmm. But what it actually says is, if this hits, take control of an item they have. If they have no items, draw a card. So when Kyloria hits me, they have to take one of my silver. They don't get the card draw. And I, I had silver. But you know what? Thanks to Furnace, uh, this dude was able to pull out the... They, they actually used the silver's draw effect and was able to throw another blaze headlong, I think it was, to just keep pressuring. So it turned into a card draw. They just had to work for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, okay. that that draw my list was different from what I'm used to seeing too. With all oh, the, oh yeah, it, it was really good. I got to give them that. It, it was a really solid mix of, you know, your your aggro go wide, and your dragons. They weren't on a hundred percent dragons, um, which is partially what gave me the the slightly better edge because I can sort of eke out a win against the against the aggro matches because I can just turtle out. But those dragons are so efficient. If I can't clear them out, and like they had a couple of turns, and this is what really did me in, a couple of turns with what was both a, a Yendurai and a Mirajai out, and because I didn't have any of my go-agains or my poppers uh, available, I I had to eat that a couple turns in a row as I'd like one of the turns, I just had to kind of take take the turn off and dag use the dagger to peel off the endurance counter from Yenderai. Because I don't have anything that's going to actually be able to to get that. But they admitted at the end, uh, there's not a single blue in the list that they, at the very least, that they boarded against me. Um, we we didn't talk about you know if if he had any in the entire deck list. I almost imagine he has to, but you know, against me, he went full red line. Just stepped on the gas and said, "All right, good luck." <laughs> <laughs> Who did you play? Oh, that's right, you played the Fot. Was it the Fi next? Yeah, the Fi okay. was next. Uh, that one really threw me off guard. That was such a creative list. Oh my god, I had such a good time playing against that. You know, made the top eight, uh, which. It always makes me happy when the people I lose to uh, make top eight, because that that at least means like, you know, I I lost to a very good player with a very good list. Uh, so I I feel a little less bad about my losses, <laughs> but it was really interesting the moment he flipped over uh, his equipment. I went, oh, he's got two Kadachis. Oh, <laughs> and. This man was still on a draconic list, uh, but he went 
with nine brand with cinder claws because as it turns out and i did not realize this brand with cinder claws text says the next attack this turn is draconic not attack action card you can make the kadachis draconic i never realized that i don't read five cards they say (laughs) damage they say wow it's damage throw them on the table i i didn't even look at them to see what like creative opportunities there were wow i blanked that's gonna be a giant just open spot um (laughs) so yeah so what did he go like brand kadachi would he would it still be like brand kadachi kadachi with just one of them being draconic Sometimes, uh, depending on the the hands, like he definitely had brand Kadachi, brand Kadachi, as one of the turns. Uh, the the design of his deck, we were talking about it afterwards, is between the Kadachis, the brands, and being able to pull back the Phoenix Flame. Uh, he can frequently threaten mask and momentum two to three times per turn. Because he was also see. running, I, we I saw at least two, but there was probably a third double strike in there, just to keep extending that chain. Uh, it was menacing, and like I, I wasn't sure. And he took the gamble; it paid off. Uh, real early, like turn two or three, I I kept a hand, and I I wish I had kept more of it because it might have given me the edge. Uh. But I, I had a hand of eradicate and two cut to the chases. Uh, I, I blocked with one of the, the cuts because I, I needed to stop his mask, which thankfully I stopped it and he didn't keep pressuring. You know, I, was, I was able to, to keep the mask off. So I, I did a dagger into the eradicate and a cut. Peeled seven off the top, uh, triggered my mask for that to to peel an eighth, because he just said, "All right, no blocks." It was horrific. And then later, I I did another eradicate. I I didn't have anything to back that one up, so it was just four. But it was mm-hmm. no blocks, and just ate another four cards out of his deck. I was really hoping, like, all right, let me find my third. Let me find my third with my last cut to the chase. Please, please, please. Uh, my my third was in the hand at the end of the game, like my last hand, uh, yeah. where just that last hand was pure gas. Uh, I, I think it turned out he would have had eight chain links total. He's without mask triggering. It was insane insane uh that was a really fun really creative list i i love to see it and then my last matchup it was uh, one i'm pretty familiar with it was uh our friend john on briar which normally runs me over but and we did talk about it i i am getting better at running into the matchup which i shouldn't have to for too much longer ideally uh as hopefully she lls soon Please just get rid of Rosetta. Nope, nope. Rosetta's going to stick around, and Vincent's going to have it. Almost definitely, um, unless Vincent's hero ability 
highly encourages and almost demands those flails to be used, uh, I, I think we're just going to see Rosetta's. Because there's a lot of talk about like what it is that's going to make because because on this on the surface looking at that that flail that we have in uh this upcoming month's armory kit paying one life to throw one damage and threaten one rune chant generation that looks like hot garbage so we're gonna have to have something with like people are thinking pay a life get a rune chant like whenever you lose life on your turn like something to encourage the rune gating mechanic. Uh -huh. but, Maybe they get something that removes the bind the bind counters off spellbound. Oh my god, that would be broken. They can that that'd be absolutely insane. That's what it's a legendary specialization. So like that way, like if you hit like three or four, you can go, okay, nope. Take them off. Now I have no bind counters. But okay, so it's a specialization that says you can do that, but it has to be on a turn where it would be destroying itself. So, like in response to the destruction, kind of thing. No, you have to. Yeah, kind of. Right. So, like, you get to the end of the chain, like you go to end your turn, and it says, "Okay, well, you haven't dealt enough arcane damage, uh, so goodbye, creepers." And you're thinking then it's like instant response, remove the effect from the stack, remove the bind counters. See, it I wouldn't even be like an instant, it would just be like a triggered because you can't technically activate instance in the end step. So it would have to be more like if literally it would just probably be I'm thinking maybe it has to be like banished from the graveyard type of what thing. What if it's uh what if it's an aura? Okay, that set, works. Set it on the field, and then the next time Spellbound Creepers would be destroyed. I, I feel like if you were going to do that, I, I don't think that's going to be the case, only because having a specialization tied to a legendary sounds... No, it doesn't have to be like a legendary legendary. It can be like Soul Harvest or Soul Reaping. Where it's uh, just, I'm talking it's, Spellbound Creepers is the legendary. Oh, I'm like, I was like, I'm not talking like a literal legendary, like Doomsday and Eclipse. I'm talking like Soul Reaping and Harvest, where it just has that staple on it that you can right. only play one of. I'm, I'm hoping they don't do that, uh, only because that would make it a, a kind of potentially lackluster thing. Unless it gave you some additional effect. Like, the, the couple of games I've played as Runeblade and against Runeblade, I haven't seen people activate Spellbound Creepers more than two times. And not, not because they... Not because they couldn't. Like, not because it was dying to the, to the uh, bind counters. But just because they, they didn't need to. They were just dropping all their stuff on the field and hitting the gas. I played a one Viserai that got very like they got greedy and were activating them every turn that they could um, because I took no arcane barrier in because I said, "All right, we're racing." Right. And in the end, it kind of the one time the one thing they did, which I'm still questioning to this day, 
is they dropped a Malvern Skies after I hit an erase face, and I'm like, well, because you're not Runeblade, so it doesn't matter. And they're like, oh, I know. And I said, okay. Literally, all they did that to was do just basically, I think, I don't remember if it was to turn on Rosetta or do something else, but it to me, it still does not seem that doesn't seem worth, worth it. it because you're just you're giving up something getting go again and creating rune chance just to try and get an extra two arcane in. I mean, I guess like, against me that doesn't have arcane barrier, yeah, but if you hold that, that's an extra th possible three arcane with a go again. Yeah, I, I guess it depends on the board state. Oh, this was early. If, if you have a, a situation where you know, you, you've got something that you want to keep an arsenal already arsenaled, uh, yeah, I, I can see dropping that to, to try to push the arcane get a what I think mob is a two block get that out of your hand I mean uh, I get, yeah I guess against Leviathan you kind of want higher blocks but but it's still it does seem questionable I I don't uh -huh. know that I would do it unless like if you were at such low life that you had to block like you said it's early if uh -huh. it's early I, I I wouldn't I would try to save the the mob and I, I mean, I beat that. I actually outraced Viserai that game. That's that's one of the ones where I hit a tear limb from limb. Um, but yeah, it's I don't know. So like, yeah, I've like there. The one time I played Jeff, he didn't activate Spellbounds till literally it won him the game. Yeah, they're Runeblade Stormstriders. Yes. So, some people are, I guess, um, you know, I mean, maybe being gre greedy with that is what cost them in the end, because eventually I was able to rip all the cards out of their hand and it just destroyed their spellbounds. Or maybe it was smart because they were able to keep, you know, getting, if they knew they are just going to be, I'm going to be taking Arcane every turn, you know, if you get it all, but then again, once you get it past three, and if you... Three or Once four, I feel three, like it's really hard to to keep it up. Mm -hmm. Like Viscerai has the highest odds, I think, of of keeping it active the longest. But it's it's really tough. I don't know. See, my day started off the way yours ended yesterday. I played John first round. Right, right. Yes. He was telling me, <laughs> and uh, he it, it came down to him having four life and. He was obviously able to push enough damage through. Yeah, his Briar list is insane. Mm -hmm. It was really close, and it was a really good game. Um, so I took the L. Then I went on to play uh, Tessa, and she was on Dory. And I took a different approach to this one. May have hurt me, may have not, but every Dawnblade Spling, no matter how much it was coming in for, I was blocking six. Came in for a three, all right, here's six. And for three, all right, here's two cards out of my hand, here's six. Filled up my grave early. <clears throat> got a good hand, hit the gas. And it came down to her having one life, and if I would have had... So if I would have drew a reckless swing on my last hand, I would have won the game. But I didn't. Um, I looked at my hand, I couldn't block out... Oh, I could block out all but one damage. I said, alright, well, if you got... something that can push three over, I die here. If not, you're going to pass back to me and I'm going to die. So, <laughs> um, 
I think it's Iron Song Response. She played out of Arsenal, which is like like Dora prizes. It gives it plus three. Is that yeah? What I'm thinking of yep. Yeah, that's Iron Song and Response. Pushed four over, and I was like, all right, cool. So round two, I had still not taken any blood debt. I had some by that point. I think I had like twenty. And I had not taken any. Round three, I played against uh, Tyler on Oldham. And um, came, he was he had the most life at the end. Um, I think he played Sigil two or three times, and he ended at ten life. So, um, basically, that, was the, that one was the first time I took Blood Debt. Um, and I, that, Blood Debt's what killed me because I couldn't turn it off the last one. That's where I took my first blood debt. I took 14 that game. Um, round four, I got a buy. So I had 55 minutes just to kind of chill and watch what was going on. And in round five, I went against Missouri, who, again, it came down to one life. And again, if I would have just had a reckless swing, <laughs> I would have won. But they played a stealth card. I was at three life. I blocked, I think... I think I blocked all, either all but one of it or all of it, and then they went, all right, as a reaction, flick knives, and then um, the razor's edge on the top of that to push enough over to kill me. Yeah. But if they didn't kill me, Blood Dead was killing me because I had no way to turn it off on my turn. That game, I only took nine, so my end total was 23, and yesterday, Derek gave me this great suggestion of a little contest to run, which was have people guess my blood debt before the tournament starts. Closest wins a prize. I don't know what prize it is yet. I'll figure that out. But the closest with uh, so closest without going over. Um, so the closest yesterday was Riley at twenty one. So congrats to Riley, our first. He was our first ever two time host, two time guest on the show. Um, he got 21, I took 23, so he just got in there. Uh, I asked a bunch of people, uh, Sam said 12, and he was looking good till round three. Right. Because <laughs> uh, Riley looked at him, he's like, 12, that's low. Well, by round three, it was looking good. Round three, Sam was kicked off. I mean, technically, Sam would have won if I hadn't taken any of the rest of the day. Right. No, he wouldn't have. He wouldn't have. Uh, Jason guessed 28. James guessed 30. Ian guessed 13. So if I would have taken none round five, Ian would have won. Unfortunately, against... One one problem I ran into with the Oldham and the Azuri is I got too excited because I got good hands and I hit the gas too early to where I was just trying to fill up my grave to be able to keep going. Um, so that's probably the reason why um, I had edited in my list before this. I sent it to Derek. I had actually pulled all the tomes out of my list. As much as I love running Tome Leviah, I was like, I'm going to get serious for this event. Pulled them out. And like it obviously, it wasn't bad. Um, you know, every game coming down to four or less life, except for the old him match, which if they didn't play Sigil twice would have been four. Um, Every game would have been really close, so I just like like I told Derek last night. I'm like I'm right there. Um, Nigel guessed a hundred, so <laughs> should, I mean, if if they would have went the way the procrest went, he would have probably he it might have been close. Uh, Tanya guessed eighty. 
Jeremy guessed 54. Josh guessed 27. So, congrats to Riley for winning this unknown contest. Um, I'll figure out your prize. Maybe I'll give you a pack and you have to play flip it or rip it in front of Sam. <laughs> Sam will be able get to give the exact idea of whether to flip or rip. Yeah, he's got what? Yeah. Sam's going to use those goblin eyes to help you flip or rip it. <laughs> but I know uh, <laughs> I would never want anyone to play flip or rip. God, it, um, it, the entire concept of that hurts me so much. It it wounds me viscerally. But I want to try it just like once. Um, I couldn't. Just turn off my brain and just, alright, this is what we're doing. Um, yeah, so that was my day. Afterwards, we went out with um, a bunch of people and went to a little restaurant and just sat for two hours and just talked. And that was one experience. Uh, Tanya, Nigel, and Josh from the Banish Zone were all there. Um, I, I'm blanking. Oh my goodness. It's, it was Tessa. There was another Brandon. There was Tyler, who was the old him, and and Steve. Steve. That's what I, I was like. Is it Steve? I I keep blanking for some reason because <laughs> I'm just like I keep for some reason I thought he was Andrew and his brother was Steve, but no, it's the other way around. And the worst, like I've been to so many events with him, so like I and I've heard his name so many times, and for some reason it just doesn't stick. But Steve was also there, and it, honestly, that food was delicious. And I like ordered a Chicago deep dish, and I was looking at everybody else's food, and I was like, dang. You couldn't go wrong here. You really couldn't. And we also got a spoiler yesterday while we were in the middle of the RTA. We did. We got, I'm so excited. We like, got for a, one, I, I love the art. Just before we get into any of it, the art's so good. Yes. Because it gives, it gives that lore spoiler, too. And uh, so with this card, it shows... That Bravo is part of the War of the Monarchs. Yep. The monarch. But there's, okay, so there's two things. First thing is cool. Uh, Pablo Pintor tweeted out, and I liked it. He's like, I like how when Bravo just gets angry, he just disregards a hammer and punches someone. He's, like, he's still holding the hammer. Uh, unlike Crippling Crush, he has the hammer in his hands. You can see an oath of <laughs> But he's just like, nah, you're getting punched. He is just absolutely, like... I, I don't know what it is about his fist. I have not read Bravo's actual lore, but I don't I don't know what it is about like his fist when it glows like that for the crippling crush. Uh and now for Starstruck, which absolutely love the name. So good. Uh just absolutely slugging uh probably a demon. You know, it looks like a humanoid body, but you can see horns. Yeah. So the one other thing that I saw a tweet about, I don't remember who tweeted it, is they're ditched, and I guess on Dory as well. Let me look. Okay, so Dory at least has the warrior uh, border. Bravo has a generic border. It's not Arya, or it's not Ga it's, it is it's Guardian. Guardian border. But why wouldn't it be Arya? Because it would be, so it's a Guardian border. Okay, so it does make a little sense. Why not give like Dory the Solana border and Bravo's the Aria border because they are specialized to those two people. And, and like that's that's what they've been doing before. They give the specializations the the border of their like place of origin. 
Because, like, right. Shane and the Leviathans, I, I don't, can't speak what? for Doomsday and Eclipse, but they have, like, the Shadow Border on them. Which makes sense. Why, why would you want to put a Brute Border on a Shadow Brute card? You know what? They had already stopped doing it. Shakedown does not have the Pits Border. It has the like Assassin that. Border. I don't like it. I hadn't even registered until this, like, until right now. I had to double check and look it up. I don't like it. Like, it's fine, but, like, I, I guess it made a little bit of sense with Azuri since she has a a different, like, origin border in both her young and her adult. What's so, regicide? Like, at, like at, at her core, regicide, I believe, is also the assassin border. Let me look it up here real quick. So, yeah, so, like, why? The assassin border is, like, two knives, right? Like two it's blades, the, uh, yeah. It's it's two knives for the assassin border. Yep, that's um, the assassin border. Because otherwise, Arachne should have had the the pits border. That's that's the rest of theirs. Same thing with you know adult Azari, uh, Azalea. I yeah, never he... realized that they had stopped doing that until everybody's talking about it here. Yeah, I, I bet if we take a look, uh, Riptide doesn't have like his. His specializations probably are the same thing. What what is the pits border? Yep, it's a ranger border on the spike uh -huh. pit trap. Is the pits border the one that's on like toxicity? No, no that's a ranger failures. border. Why does? Okay, that makes a little sense there. But All right, let me type in Azalea. I know Arya barbed wire and like it looks okay jagged. That's right. It has like the oil can up in the corner, not oil, but right. okay. Yep. Why? Why are we doing this? Hold on, hold on. So let me look at Phi real quick. So Phi's is a little bit different uh, because Phi and Dromai share both of the specializations that they have. Okay. Uh, they they've got they have not gotten their own actual specializations, which I'm hoping uh, for their sake they get in this. You know, it felt a little bit strange for. Uh, I, I feel like Phoenix Form was supposed to be a a five specialization, and then they didn't. You know, it's got him on the art. He's pretty much the only one that can reliably do it. I mean, right now he's the only one who can play it. But so, and then it was. Aria was before Uprising, so... Yep. Hold on, I gotta look at... I, I think Aria is probably gonna work out. Uh, nope, Oldham is actually the Guardian Border. I think. Uh? Yeah, because Aria's... No, his is weird. It's the Elemental Guardian Border. Because it's different than Bravo's. Right. But still, it's not the Aria Border. Yeah, so I guess they stopped it a while ago and we just didn't realize. Also, like I think the Aria border would look so much better on that card. Oh yeah. But enough about talking about this border. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievably sidetracked. So it is a yellow, which I think is kind of weird. Um yellow seven cost. Four it swings for ten, blocks for three, crush. When it deals four or more damage to a hero, the only attacks they may play or activate during their next turn are attacks with base greater than the damage dealt this way. And then it has its unity, which is when it defends together with a card from hand, create a seismic surge token under any number of heroes' control. You know this? Go ahead. 
I was gonna say that's what's insane about it because like I, I heard people talking about it at the uh, at the RTN yesterday that, that I, I don't think realized I didn't during the conversations because people were like it's not that bad you know you just play a nimbleism before it and then you can you know you can step on the gas right back you can't it's base power so if you block three take seven for example rune blade i think the only base seven or higher attack that you probably have is runic reclamation or maybe the blade true ninth blade you could swing yeah, so that's a, so like as a brew player, I'm kind of like okay, I block six on this and I'm fine, unless he gives a dominate. All right, then I throw the dang. All right, then I'm dropping the husk and I'm blocking six. Right, like it, if you can, like if you've got armor left, absolutely. But that is such a fine line. So now you don't have to. Now you also have, don't just have to worry about crippling crush. You got to worry about starstruck. Right, but to quite um, see, but you're. I don't think you're going to be playing. Uh, you're going to be playing three crippling crush most likely. But I feel like this is a one or two of. You're not playing. Maybe you do play three because it's a three block. I, I feel like you might have a third in the sideboard, but it being yellow really throws it off. I'm just looking at the seven cost. I'm like two. If you're playing six seven cost, that's a little on the like hard side. I feel. I and the other I think. Probably the deck that's going to run this more often and maybe include a three of is Royal Bravo. Oh, yeah. You can discount that to be like, oh, it's a four cost. That's fine. I can pitch two and pummel it. Yep. The other thing is like, I guess Royal Bravo would also be able to use the Unity a lot better because if you're blocking with two cards from hand and you get a seismic, if you didn't make one last turn, that's one seismic. So. You're going to have to have yeah, three cost and a, a blue or this, another one of these in hand. Unless you block with both of them and get two seismics. Yeah, I I don't, like, I, I think the only time it almost makes sense is if you've already got a couple seismics and blocking with, say, both of these gets you to free attack territory. Because, like, let's say you have, well, say, let's say you have, like, two, two to three seismics already. It heaved something. And so you have, we'll say you have four. You heaved and you got a tectonic plating. You draw up, and in your hand is two of these. We'll just this is obviously not probably going to happen. A crippling crush and a blue. So here's what you do: you take the uh, you take your crown and you block with it. We know because crown says card. Does crown say arsenal or does it say face down? Arsenal. All right, well, then you don't take your crown and block with it. You just block with two of these, get up to five, and then you can play Crippling Crush for two. Yeah. Oh, Crown Crown Providence does not have the face-down clause. You can do that. Okay, then that's what you do. Right, I'm thinking Crown of Seeds has that. That's right. All right, so you block, get a third card in hand. <laughs> hey, hey LSS, can we stop printing crowns? So I, I would I would like to not have to clarify which of the 17 crowns. So how upset if will you be if this fabled is actually a Shiana specialization? I will be so <laughs> angry. 
Because that will mean I, I will have to shell out for it. Not, not exactly. To. Might get lucky and get it in your first case. Maybe. But my, my fabled track record is very low. I, I've opened two so far. Uh, and I've opened a lot of boxes. Hey, but you got a cold foil one. I did. I did. So how... So how are you feeling about Plague Hive? Are you still torn on it? You... I am. I, I think it might be leaving the list. Uh, it's really cool, but more often than not, it, for one, it hasn't gotten me the answer I wanted. Um, you know, it because it, it's random, and you know, I I pitched it to swing daggers against Phi, and and oh no, he got inertia. He's dumping his hand anyway. <laughs> now, if you got frailty, that would have been great. Right. If I got frailty, that would have been great. I'd have been okay with blood rot too, just because I I need to force a little bit of damage through here and there. But frailty is what I needed, especially against the one uh, this weekend, because that would have turned off both of his Kadachis, which gives me like a moment of breathing room. So. You know, when it when it hits, it hits. But sometimes you pitch a gem and it effectively does nothing. So does that mean you want the uh, rights back to the heart <laughs> for your list? Maybe, because I'm on the back foot more often. It it would give me just a little bit more breathing room uh, to try to push through. You know, against that. Uh, Against that Dromai, I was on the back In all my matches, I was on the back foot on health the entire time. And I I know in both my match against Nigel and uh, and the Dromai, and I believe against the Azuri too, I was on second and third cycle. And getting that far on like that low, that, that could have gotten me between two, three, four life. Uh, which is huge. Huge. Alright, so here's what you do, right? You take the Plague Hive Cold Foil. You find another card that's worth about $120 that you own, and you trade them for the heart. I could do. But I like I don't think I would want to trade off a Cold Foil. Uh, or, a, or a Fabled. I think I'm going to be sitting on them. Like, I might just try to save up and just outright buy a heart. That's a lot. I was like, at least the, the library's back down to like 275 That's the other fabled I have. I've got a rainbow of that. So I'm I'm pretty okay there. I was like, my <laughs> two of the three fables that I have are the, the more expensive ones since I have right. a heart eye. But the Blood of Drakai is at like is lower than 50 now. <laughs> That's so painful. I got my extra and I got my signed copy and it's at 48. Maybe I start picking them up. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. Also, Corsham's below 100 again. Below 100? You yes. don't say. As I have been thinking about Corsham builds for a long time. It is. For the rainbow, it's 95. For the cold foil, it is 160. That is something 
I can do. Hey, if you PayPal paying for it, that's $40 every two weeks for a cold foil. That's true. Like, at these prices, I would probably pick up the cold foil. Oh, yeah. And I have two of them. So... <laughs> I'm not buying two cold foils. Hey, you buy two, when it jumps up to 300 you swap it for another one. You never... Listen. It's tips with Brandon here. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm also excited for? To play some PvE again. Yes, I am so excited. Hopefully we'll be able to soon. Uh, scheduling has been real awkward. With, like, between the RTNs, other stuff happening, responsibilities. Yeah. It's like, I know this weekend I'm keeping clear because I'm, obvious, I'm pretty sure... I'm going to have to work. I have that bad feeling. Mm. Next weekend's my birthday. And it's also the one year of losing everything. So I'm probably not going to be anywhere near the house yeah. as much as I can that weekend. Um, after that, probably, I don't know what I'm doing the weekend before the 1K. I'm assuming I'll probably be working. And then the weekend of the 1K. Meanwhile, our friend Kat's over there just like, can we play PvE? Please. Please. Please, so may I have another? No PvE. None. None. I I have been working to try to to balance that. Uh the the tips that we've gotten have been a little bit strange. Cause one of the things that the uh that the creator, because uh, Teclocro has a Discord for the PVE. And one of the things uh, we've been talking about a little bit is basically, like in you know any tabletop role-playing game, or most, you need to have a little bit of a balanced party composition. And they said it's, it's very hard to do if you don't have, like, a wizard, a runeblade. Uh something that can throw arcane damage because one of the things that you know we ran into a hard time with in our our initial play was a, a creature that attacked for four had four health uh and whenever you attacked it you had to discard a card or lose three life but rune chance can be targeted at all of them you can just spread the damage around and that's not an attack so you only have to pay that cost once. And the wizards, they're not attacking. They just get to go pa-plow and make one explode. And not to mention they have things like uh, like Chain Lightning, which does say uh, each opposing hero takes, what, I think it's three arcane on that one, which would target each one of the minions for an insane volume of damage. So that that was the recommendations we got, but like, I don't know that if we had someone who actually wanted to play a wizard who had those cards, like I, I have the cards, I could I could build the deck to bring it along, but if you don't want to play wizard, it, we're we're here to have a good time, you know. I don't want to say like, it, you know, it's, it's the classic problem that I I see a lot in my my role playing groups that. Someone says, wait a second, we don't we don't have 
typically the answer is rogue or healer because they're you know some of the most important roles hey you switch to healer then someone's forced in that feels bad that's not what you wanted to play you can maybe make it work but like you know you're you're over here with your typanus and your genus you you don't want to be switching to to playing healer to to playing kano or icelander no no i do not i really enjoy my like support builds yeah. um i didn't really think about it till i was looking at the discord the one day you know what card is actually kind of nuts in pve which one als oh yeah oh no it's insane you just get to set it down uh and it says hey you've stopped the entire enemy turn and they're just like mm, oh uh okay and and same thing for the uh for chapter 1 you know what else does that hmm. a single frostbite oh my gosh you're right in chapter 1 the enemies have attack for zero resources and the the minions have no way of generating resources so an Icelander or a, a Frost Lexi uh, will absolutely stomp through uh, that fight. Uh, up until they get to the bosses, um, you know, there, there are ways, like the bosses, some of them generate resources, um, but it's still really rough. The second, chapter, the second chapter, the regular minions generate resources. Yeah. So, you know, they're safeguarded against Frost, but... So, when you're playing, is it you always go through it the same way? Or is, like, the... Or you, like, line up the stuff, always flipped off the top of... Like, you shuffle that deck up and then start in one area and then move through it randomly? There's not really guidance on how to do that. Uh, I, I've been... When we played, I shuffled. Okay. Uh, I, I I shuffled for the most part. Uh, I did make it so that, uh, you know, obviously the the boss, the boss has a condition before that card is in the stack. Um, so it was off to, to the side. Right. You have to fight one of the mini bosses, and then you can encounter the boss. Uh, now the the mini bosses. I I shuffled the rest of the cards. Then so I took off like the top half and shuffled the mini bosses into the second half of the deck. Okay. So that way you couldn't immediately fight the mini bosses. But you know, there there was odds that like, you know, halfway through, here's the first one. Yeah. Enjoy. So like another thing you we could do possibly is since they're like all have like certain ways they can go on them is you can kind of like start a point here and then like lay it out and then we kind of choose which way we got it we want to go yeah i i was thinking about ordering it so like there's actually routes to walk down uh cuz like the the cards for those of you who haven't seen them they do have like a traditional grid based map printed on them um so like 
you know, you you're all, you are supposed to be laying out the foundations of the map. So I I could lay them all face down, and then you know you you know when you walk into a room, the those are the ways. So I I could pre-build it based off of that, or the other thought is I could as soon as a a room tile is flipped, put a card uh, face down on each of its routes. So that yeah. way it's it's kind of pre-decided, but not. It's still random. It's oh, it's just so fun. I'm I already miss playing it. the The next thing I want to do is rebalance some of those encounters because, a, as is, there there aren't any encounters that say that that mix the creature types that you're up against. It's all here is a wall of two power, three health creatures. Here you're all fighting twenty of them. <laughs> uh, maybe I was like, maybe what we could do is like, you instead of having like twenty, it's so like there's four of us, so each of us was getting five. So like once you killed the first, that was that one. But then when it came back around, it reanimated, which would then tick down that die from like five to four. To three to two to one, and then once you beat that last one, obviously you can't reanimate. Right, but that way, I, I like... think that that would keep the that would be a lot easier. I would keep the pressure down because, like, some of the encounters, uh, some of y'all were just eating all of your cards to survive, and then one of the other people was holding on to their cards so they could burst down their stack because... and and then start helping the others. But then how would you do, like... So, like, the one thing we did come up with was, like, the splatter damage. Would we keep that? Like, like when I swung the... So, I proxy the Judicator Hammer for Pipanus because I want to be able to be, like, bonking him. And the one time when I swung it for six and it got pummeled up to nine, you know, it had the splatter damage that it destroyed, you know, two other two other people. Two... One, we ticked their health down, so I think it was like two others with the one that I crushed. Do we keep that, or do we take like where it hits the one next to it that if it's still alive, or do we just kind of take it away? I I think that's something we'd have to play by ear because de- depending on the way that we do it, uh, you know, if it, if we are doing like the the reanimating uh, lineup, then it's it's going to be a bit more awkward because the the splatter wouldn't quite work the same and that would kind of devalue guardians and anybody with a a high single power attack yeah um which you know yoji is really cool in this uh you know it, it would mean we don't have to have the the other thing we were doing which was the uh you know carry over defense if you blocked three to a two power attack, you blocked the next one as well. Uh, and neither that or the splatter damage was in the the intended rules for this. It's it's a very interesting spot, and I'm curious to see how uh, the official PVE lines up. Because one of the things that you know in, in the Q and A at Baltimore, James White was talking about like. A question that he gets asked a lot is, you know, will will there be 
you know, novels? Will there be TV shows? Will there be, you know, insert other thing here? And his response was they've, they've been approached about these things. They've been approached for uh, TV shows by tons of different uh, sources there, but they want to make sure, you know, they're a card game first. They want to make sure that the card game is doing as well as it can uh, and then move on to the other things when they know they can do them well. So I, I think that's probably what's holding off on the PVE is is they're looking to find that like that perfect balance. Because uh, they said we're not getting it in 2023. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we know that already. It makes me very sad, but it is what it is. So honestly, I'm like, as much as I'm like, yeah, I want PVE, I want PVE, I want all this stuff. I'd rather have to wait and on, you know, you're going to get upset with waiting it, but I'd rather wait and get a quality product than them rush it and be upset with it. Yeah. Because like, especially after all this time waiting, if it drops like early 2024 and it's just garbage, oh, that would feel bad. Honestly, I think they should. This, so obviously, this PVE has some of it. You know, it's a fan-made thing, and there are quirks that you got to work out with it, and that's up to the people playing it. But maybe they should talk to the person that started with this and get, you know, maybe hire them on to help with this because even though it's fan-made, it is top-notch. Yeah, it's very good. I I am hoping that they do something to like give it a, a bit more of a story, you know. I I want like uh, like a choose your own adventure. Yes. Thing. Like you you get to this encounter and you have to decide okay, there's you know the the standard RPG thing. You see in the distance a caravan is being raided by uh, bandits, do you help? And then that will change what route the the story goes down. That adds some replay value. That adds some, uh, you know, some some interactivity. Because uh, one of the current downsides of of the fan made one that we have is uh, there, there's a story, there's a preface, and there's a little epilogue, but there's not much to it, and, and you know, it doesn't have to be. But I I would like a little bit of something something to be there. And it sounds like from the little they've said is PVE is going to be like events. Uh like maybe have a PVE armory night kind of thing. And that would be a blast. So one thing I'm like really hoping for is like, you know, people start to like they start to push like maybe here's like a kit like a you know your regular armory kit well here's a little one that you know if anybody wants to play upf you know push it a little bit so that way you know obviously you have your tournament grinders and armory grinders to get that xp and you know they can still play their own armory but then if you have the space if 
four to eight people want to play UPF, you can have them playing UPF off to the side, or they might get their own like. So like, maybe it's just um, give me. I'm trying to think. Give me a maybe it's like a full art promise of plenty. You know, yeah. a rare card that gets a full art that is loved in UPF, and now people can start blinging out their UPF deck. And they get something they really like, you know, your uh the grinders get, you know, their XP, they get to play the game that they want and get their the regular stuff. Maybe the UPF, like you know, maybe it doesn't get mats and maybe it gets like two cold foils of oh, uh, I don't know. Give me something here, give me something that could be a cold foil foil. I don't know. I mean, we've we've seen they're starting to cold foil some you know, non-standard things like uh, we know the judge kits getting cold foil pummel. Yes. Okay. So. Give me a cold foil promise of plenty then. All right. Yeah. The promos are right. The a rainbow full art, and you get two. We'll do three. One of each color. Three cold foil promise of plenties. I don't know. Just, just you know, throwing something out there. I'm like trying to think yeah, of what like good I, UPF cards are. I. I Part of the problem is a decent number of the the good UPF cards also are like they see play. You know, originally when uh, this rounds on me first came out, people were like, "Ah, what a garbage card!" It was like two or three dollars, and and then Uprising hit, and people went, "Oh God, oh God, bye, bye, bye." <laughs> yeah. And, and same thing with Coax of Commotion. It actually or- sees play in Briar. Oh, that's something else you could do. Maybe you could do like alternate arts for Promise of Plenty or, you know, Coax of Commotion. Or you do something dumb like I created, like the Promised Plenty that does something else that's a follow up card to the Promised Plenty or Commotion Coaxed, which is the after scene that happened after Coax of Commotion. Yeah. Like it, it would be a lot of fun to see. Some some fancy stuff for us UPF players, and, and it does sound like we are going to get like more dedicated UPF support to try to bring in new people. And Maybe like, each of those kits could include like, hey, this time around, here's this weird alternate rule that you have to deal with. Yeah. Or maybe they give you like our like special armor that's literally for UPF only, and it says on the card for UPF only, so that way it can't get you know, just completely ditched out into the regular game, or maybe let's give Shiana an actual Shiana weapon. (laughs) Shiana has a weapon. What are you talking about? Here's a crystal that says this can transform to any weapon at the table. I I think if they did that, I I think it would have to pair with uh, Shiana's like Whatever okay, the, the hero you're choosing for Shiana's power, you get that weapon. You, yeah, that or way you can say like, "I'm I'm vaulted a stockpile the the seismic surges." But you know what? I really want Rosetta Thorn. No, so okay, so maybe okay, so maybe it doesn't have to be at that. So maybe you choose Valda, but Valda's playing Sledge, and you go, "All right, I choose Titan's Fist or Anothos." That sounds jacked. Listen. So UPF is jacked. All right. 
But, as long as they don't introduce living legend points for UPF, I'm okay with it. <laughs> so, you know, we there's so much to talk about in so little time. We could go on forever. Obviously, hope I want to play. Like I said I want to play more PVE soon. That you know, I could go on forever uh, about how good that game was. That's the goal. I, I would love that. I want to have the official when it's there. I want to have some like some UPF before and after that. Like mm. soon, 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 we will get some of the good stuff off the ground. Just you know, time has to work, and we are busy people. Yep. So, any last words, Derek? I'm really thinking about that Corsham. I'm gonna make a Corsham build. Mark my words. I'm gonna do it. The other thing we got to do is get you out of the the guider seat, is what I'll call it, and the big bad, and let you play some. Maybe, like I said, maybe like I said last night, we'll have to swap every once in a while, so you can play and have fun, and I'll be big bad. I am down for that. All right, that's all the time we got this week. Thank you all for joining us. Remember, check out thebanishzone.com. For all your needs, um, coming live on June 24th. If you're in the area, make sure to stop out for the 1K. Uh, I believe there's 32 spots in that. So I've you already got mine. I have to get mine. I have to get mine still. Technically, I technically have it because I'm one of the bounties. Um, and, you know... Make it, you know, come out, join, have some fun time, meet some great people. Hunt you us know. for sport. I know Nigel was talking about after the uh, 1K, talking about having some, maybe having PVE being ran a little bit so people can see what it's about. Maybe we print off another one of those decks, or maybe I run Chapter 2 while you run Chapter 1. I don't know. It's, you know. Either, either way works. Anything happen, Anything can happen. Like I said, banishzone.com. Check them out. Make sure you create an account so you can start earning um, rewards, I believe they said. Uh, makes everything easier for that. You know, you already have your account, so once it's up, you boom, you're in, you're able to order stuff. Well, y'all have a great rest of your week. <laughs>